Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. I want a mock. Mock! Mm. Yes, it's Tuesday, and that means Reckless Draft Speculation Day with our guy Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros, one of the most, uh, one of the foremost draft authorities that you're going to find out on the internet here. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a damn Super Bowl before we die. The draft is a good place to get good players to help you win a Super Bowl. <laughs> so maybe they can get some good players and uh, you know win a Super Bowl. The show is presented by our friends over at TCL, now an official partner of the National Football League and one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Thor, we are just, what, two-plus weeks away from your Christmas, from your Hanukkah, whatever it is that you consider the best holiday. What's going on, man? Yeah, it's like my three favorite holidays in three consecutive days, and we're only 16 days away. <laughs> and and the, the rumor is like we're in the thick of silly season now. You love the draft, but you also love the silly season and the smoke screens, or is it not a smoke <laughs> screen and different stuff like that? And we're in the thick of it now, so it's fun times. So which round, which day do you love the most? If, if you had to rank the three days of Ooh. Christmas draft – What's number one? The, I think the best day of the draft, objectively, is the Friday. You know, where it's day two or whatever, you get rounds two wow. and three. Because the picks are still super valuable, but it, you get double the ones that you do in round one. And a lot of years, uh, this year, we'll, we'll see. Um, but a lot of years, you know the first couple picks in advance. Maybe, but we don't, we're not 100% sure yet. But usually the, the draft week, that sort of crystallizes. That's what happened last year. But day two everything's up in the air and people haven't had a shot to mock that yet. So it's like totally new information and surprises throughout. So I, I love the Friday the most. I think I'm with Thor on this. Cause you get to, you get to react to the first day for like yes. the first 10 hours of the day. And then you get to turn your attention to valuable second and third round picks. So you get the best of both worlds. I don't exactly. disagree, but you know what? Day three, day three is where you build the heart of your depth chart. And your roster. And, like, look at – no, no, the Chiefs got the kid Football. from Rutgers, <laughs> the running back in the sixth round, Pacheco. And Pacheco. The guy's playing in the Super Bowl. When you look at it, if, if you can find fault, the two things in Spielman to find fault with are, one, the quarterback conundrum, obviously. But the other one we don't talk about enough is the lack of depth that the man got, which is really remarkable. 
through all those damn draft picks, especially yeah. towards the, the end. Toward like, the end, it was really bad. Like really around bad. 15, they get digs, and like that was incredible. Sixth round or a fifth round pick. But yeah, towards the end, I, I was going through his drafts again yesterday. It's really remarkable that he just didn't accidentally like stumble upon some guys in the late rounds. A thousand percent. Yeah. And and by the way, Pacheco is even crazier than you were making it, John. Uh, Pacheco and Brock Purdy were both in the last 10 picks of the, of the last draft class. And But your point's really well taken. Like chief, the Chiefs and organizations like that, both in terms of depth, but also just fishing out starters out of nowhere. If you dominate day three of the draft, you're setting yourself up really well. It's one of the few places in the marketplace where you can get talent on an enormous sticker discount. If you do the process right, if your evaluations are correct, but like, the, you know, everybody talks about Patrick Mahomes and obviously that was a ballsy move by the chiefs to trade up that year or whatever, but also fleshing out that roster, like Trey Smith, they, they fish him out was an enormous deal. They got him in the sixth round. Legereus Sneed was a defensive back, you know, who, who some people had questions about. They fish him out late in day three. That's how they built up the, the ancillary parts of their roster. And then you had Mahomes on the rookie contract. Now they got to pay him a little bit more. But if you keep fleshing out the depth and then you're paying that part of your labor force less than probably they should in terms of the value they're providing to your team, that's how you find the excess value. So it's it's super important to dominate that day for sure. So you mentioned uh, you know the, the the ballsy nature of the Chiefs trading up for <clears throat> excuse me Patrick Mahomes. How did uh, just to pivot to the Vikings here? How did the trade up to number three speculation and discussion start on the internet yesterday? I saw you were pouring some gas on the because I, I I'd love to get into a discussion here about it, there's a very 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 low percentage chance it happens, but there's a reason why we call this reckless draft speculation. We leave no stone unturned here. We're going to talk about scenarios. We're going to speculate on things that may or may not happen, but are just sort of fun to 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 discuss. How did uh, the discussion on the internet start with you know? What would it cost the Vikings to move up to number three? I, I can tell you exactly where it started. It didn't have anything to do with the Vikings, though. What what it is, it's the Panthers audibling. At least that's the reports that we're hearing now. Or maybe they were on this the entire time and the C.J. Stroud thing was a smokescreen. But the, the idea that the Panthers take Bryce Young first, mm-hmm. we know, or I, I'm pretty confident that I know, that the Texans have Bryce Young number one on their board. That was not a well-kept secret. Here's the crazy thing, though, and this is why that speculation started, because the indications that we've gotten, some of the whispers out of the Texans building, is that C.J. Stroud might not be the second quarterback on their board. The rest of the NFL, it's going to be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, one, two, pretty uniform across there. But it appears that the Texans might like our boy, Will Levis more. Will Levis, the gift that keeps on giving, and boy, could this be an enormous gift if Houston likes him way more than anyone else? Apparently, their owner really likes him, and, you know, Will Levis is kind of a goofy, charismatic guy. Like, you know, he, he wins people over in the building, but seemed like the Texans were sitting dead right on Bryce Young. If the Panthers take Bryce Young, there is a shot that, that Houston is going to take either Levis or maybe they ought – we saw this in Lance uh, Zierlein's mock draft. And yeah. Lance Zierlein's a guy that you have to pay attention to with the Houston stuff. He's based out of Houston. His most connections are in Houston. He switched the Panthers to taking Bryce Young, like in his last mock draft or whatever. The interesting thing is what he did with the Texans pick. He had them not taking a quarterback. I think he, he had he had them taking Will Anderson at two. And then he had them trading up from their 12 pick to like seven to take 
You know who? Will Levis. Will Levis. Oh, so so this is all God. based on the Texans, and that development would have C.J. Stroud available at three. Oh, my. Oh. So so are the Cardinals, their, their esteem, what the Cardinals have gotten calls, authority from six or seven teams about that pick, they're, they're obviously right or wrong set at quarterback. So what do we currently think the odds are that the Cardinals are going to trade that pick? If C.J. Stroud's available in that slot, they are almost 100%. And and that's probably why we haven't seen a trade in advance yet, because I, I don't think teams know 100% how that's going to go down. Like, even with the first pick, you know, I mean, uh, C.J. Stroud was a three-and-a-half-to-one favorite to be the first overall pick a week ago, and now Bryce Young has assumed the favorite status, like, in, in the betting markets. It might even be moving up, up closer to minus 200. So the odds have just totally flipped on that. Um, and again, if if C.J. Stroud doesn't go with the second pick and if the Texans are in the second slot, that looks like a distinct possibility, at least from from what we've heard. They've been the quietest QB needy team on C.J. Stroud. Seems like they've been doing the work on the other guys. If they don't like him for whatever reason and, and he ends up falling down, yeah, that, that's where the Cardinals are going to get all these different calls. There was the report, of, I don't know if it was Ian Rappaport or Shetri yesterday, one Judd's alluding to that they've already gotten offers from six teams. But I, I think you don't do that trade yet because I imagine that some of those offers come with the contingency string of this is only on the table for you if player X is available at three when you get on the clock. And C.J. Stroud is almost assuredly the reason that that the calls have increased for the Cardinals here in the last 48 hours. So this is really interesting because I, I think there's a really good chance that Bryce Young does go number one overall. And if and if you're if you're right and the steam is right about Houston, so let's say it plays out this way. And if you're the Vikings and Quasi, you're planning for all sorts of things. I think in a perfect world, uh, maybe not a perfect world, but I think I think there is a world where they would love to trade back, stay in the first round, but go back to like 29, 30, 31, get an extra third round pick. Like they just they they need draft capital. But if CJ Stroud is not drafted with one of the first two picks. Is it advisable for the Vikings to consider trading up to three? Yeah, well, it, 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 we know it around what the cost is going to be, and it's going to be an enormous cost. But with CJ, if it's CJ Stroud that's on the board, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, you know, we we had talked about this in a past episode. Those would be the only guys that I would get crazy for in terms of a trade up the board, where I give up an enormous amount of future draft equity if that was somehow in play. I just didn't think it would be in play because obviously the Panthers had already traded up. They ain't going to trade down. And then Houston, you assume that they're going to take one of the consensus top two quarterbacks. With but it's Houston. That's but the thing. Some people are like, well, wait a second. If if two teams decide that they don't, the two desperate teams don't need C.J. Stroud, but you have to account for, you know, there's 32 fantasy owners here and three of them are idiots that you can fleece every single year, right? A thousand so, percent. And the yeah, Texans no. are one of them. <laughs> a thousand percent, yeah. And and if they do that, it doesn't seem like the Texans would trade out of the second slot. Like if if they're going to take someone outside of CJ Strouds because they have a big conviction on them, that you know that opens that up. And then that's the scenario where the Vikings have to at least think about this. We know that they're doing a lot of work, in, in, you know, with the quarterback class, whatever. And I don't think they would have thought that they could have gotten access to CJ Stroud. But the cost is going to be if he's on the clock at three, it is going to be at least this first round pick this year third round pick this year Vikings don't have a second one so so now you you've wiped yourself out on day two and then your next two first round picks that's how you drive the value in the trade chart some of these other teams that are going to make offers to Arizona 
they might not have to go that far. You know, I mean, if it's not much of a drop down, they might not even have to give up any picks in the future. You know, like a team like the Raiders, if you're jumping from seven to three, you're going to have to give up a bunch of equity in this draft, but you might not have to dip into future years. It would just sort of depend on how that goes. But the Vikings to jump up from 23 to three, obviously is an enormous jump up the board. Your third round pick this year and your first round next year, it's not enough to drive that value. You have to toss in the, the first rounder after that. So you're wiping out three three years of first round picks, but mm. CJ Stroud's about as sure of a thing as you can get at quarterback. Like his game is going to translate. Would you do it? I think I might. Yeah, I mean, I, like I I would I would definitely <laughs> think long and hard, and wow. I would want to talk to other teams beforehand about what I could get for Cousins in a trade potentially. That's the thing, because you you would be yeah. able to get something back. Like you might not, you know, you might. You might not have time because this scenario plays out in the moment, right? It's like you're maybe planning for it. You, you're not going to have time to pause the world and say, holy crap, okay, let's shop Cousins in the next 10 minutes. You'd have to pull the trigger on that move and then sort of sweep up the Cousins part of it later, right? There's no way that you'd be able to plan for it. Well, yes and no. I mean, like a, a part of analytics, it's being prepared for scenarios like that, or at least having, you know, an idea that would map you out, you know, different, you know, d- decision-making, you know, pass or whatever. And in this one, if the Vikings are already exploring the idea of what would it cost to make that enormous move up the board for a quarterback, particularly one in this case that can start immediately and should start immediately. The CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, they're the only ones that should be starting from day one next year in, in, in this quarterback class. But in that scenario, if you're already thinking about that and then you're thinking this is what the cost is going to be, that's one part of this three-dimensional chest. And then the other part, it has to be uh, somebody bring me a list of the teams that could be interested in Kirk Cousins. Who have we talked to in the past that show an interest? Is any team called earlier this offseason? Last year, when Quasi may or may not have been thinking early on in that offseason, right after he took the job, of what am I going to do with Cousins? Were there any teams that he clandestinely yeah. talked to about that? Maybe you start having some some back-channel conversations about that, about, hey, if we move up and we get this quarterback, Kirk Cousins is not going to be happy about that. Would you be interested in a trade in that scenario where that happens? So and this this yeah, might sorry, actually, Phil, uh, b- bring the Florio report full circle a bit now, which was that there was talk between San Francisco and the Vikings at the combine, but that talk like stayed inside the league. If you think about it, this could be greasing the skids for, I'm just saying at least those questions. So this is far from a, this is far from a done deal. No one's assuring anything. I love how every, every 30 seconds we're trying to be like, okay, this is just some reckless speculation among friends here. Okay. This is just, but it's not really because we know that San Francisco and the Vikings talked at, at the combine. And we know that those talks weren't like an immediate, we need to trade Kirk. But if you're going to draft uh, Stroud at three, you're going to want to trade Kirk. And I think what you would do, you guys, is this. I think that you would um, make the trade based on a 2024, the 2024 draft. Yeah. And, and it would be a conditional. D- does uh, San Fran have a first round pick in 2024, Thor? They they didn't have it for years, but they might be getting it back next year. I well, the point being talking, is, I'll, I'll look it up quick. The point being is it could be like a second round pick, but a conditional first if Kirk makes Super Bowl, if Kirk win, gets to the or San Fran wins the division and gets to the conference championship game. My point being is oh. you could drive you could drive yourself potentially for a 2024 draft trade. You'd mortgage almost your entire draft for this year. But back to Thor's point, if, if it's worth it to get the quarterback and now you've got the guy on a five-year contract, 
it's probably, you know, it's probably a justifiable move. I believe they do have they do. a first and a second in 2024. Okay, they, they so get it back next year. Conditional first. So you would uh, here, and, and just to keep going down, because we brought this up yesterday, you know, Matt Ryan got traded for a third round pick. Carson Wentz has been traded a couple times. He he got traded for a second and a, it was like a net second and a third. There was a pick swap in there, but uh, a second and a third. Sam Bradford, six, seven years ago, the Vikings traded a first round pick for him. That was kind of desperate on the eve of the season. Mm-hmm. But Kirk, Kirk Cousins in his current state gets you at least, at least a second and a third, maybe even a first and something. If it's like a San Francisco and they said, all right, as long as it's next year's first, and we can still stockpile our roster for for, uh, for this year. So if at the end of the day, as we keep fleshing this out with our general manager, Thor, here, so you would give up, essentially, if you were to trade draft capital and Kirk Cousins, and you'd be getting C.J. Stroud and some draft capital back, right? Like, these are two separate transactions, but yes. you would trade... The 23rd, the 87, and two future firsts. And then on the other trade, you'd be trading Kirk Cousins. You'd be getting C.J. Stroud. And you'd be getting, can we call it a, can we call it, uh, a future second and a third or a future first and a fourth? What would, what do you, what would you give me a Kirk Cousins trade value? Yeah, like, you know, I was thinking this year, like, if the Vikings had decided, like, we're going to trade Kirk, I, I thought a, a conservative estimate for this year's cost would have been a second and a fourth. They they might have gotten more. But, of course, you get the premium on draft pick prices in the future if you defer it. That's why you always see when a team trades, like, a fourth this year while the draft's going, they always get a third next year. If it's just a one-for-one pick swap, for the you basically pay the, the round premium or whatever. So yeah. I agree with your take. If it was two future picks, I think second and third is a pretty conservative way to look at that. And maybe what Judd was saying, like, that it can get to a first potentially with the contingency. And, yeah, like, when you're talking about the three-dimensional chess thing of this, it's those are two separate transactions, yes, but in the mind of the, the evaluator, they're one, right? Yeah. It's like this is what we're sending out. This is what we're getting. And it becomes pretty binary after that. If you think that's the best road forward, let's do this. It, it would pretty much be you'd probably be doing like a the Niners would say, "Hey, we we really need a quarterback to stay healthy," and so that would be the contingency that he would if if it, if he stays healthy for you know eighty percent of the games, it's a conditional first round pick in two thousand twenty four plus like a third. So you'd be you'd be sending out. Kirk, two future firsts, the 23 and the 87, and you'd be getting back a future first, a future third, and C.J. Stroud, basically. So, you know, five years of C.J. Stroud. That would be the the transaction. Yeah, I mean, like, if, you know, San Francisco, they might drop a, you know, like I say, a contingency on that thing, but San Francisco team going to be nasty next year. So, I, I like, I'd be comfortable dropping a contingency on that of you have to reach – what like the NFC Championship game for it for it to vest yeah. into a first round pick like something like that? But if not, you could sort of cover yourself with the goodies after the second round. You know, like you know, if, if it doesn't hit the contingency, let's say the minimum of it is going to be a second and third if if San Francisco gets boot, booted early. But if they, you know, whether it's the the NFC Championship game, whether it's the Super Bowl, whatever, then it vests into the higher pick. I, I think that's absolutely worth it, and that's one way that you can just recoup next year's uh, draft mm-hmm. equity that you're sending out. And then it's more or less, you know, thinking about it in this way, it's it's the one in two years that you're sending out. But th- that pick right now would be analogous to, like, mid to late second-round pick of, like, trading a first-rounder out two years j- just so you can sort of ballpark it in your head. 
So Thor, how how sure of thing are, are we t- talking about here with Stroud too? Like if if you were to grade this one to ten, ten being absolutely does great, one being bust, where does CJ Stroud fall to you? Oh, he he's a really high end quarterback prospect. I, I have Bryce Young just slightly ahead of him, but it's not by a ton. And you know when when you do a job like this, like where it's like in the the media where you rank it and whatever. You don't have a team that you're doing it for. You don't have a scheme where you're plugging these specific holes for, you know, stuff like that. Other teams, depending on the way they run their offense, they're going. there's going to be teams that prefer C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud is the best facilitator in this class. He runs your offense the best in this class. He, you know, like in, in terms of that stuff, his accuracy and his placement are absolutely elite, and he just processes the field so well. He's turned himself into this elite pocket passer. He He's the facilitator. Bryce Young is the creator. Like, Bryce Young, he doesn't want to know, like, he doesn't, you know, like the half-field read stuff with Hennon Hooker. Bryce Young would get really annoyed in a system like that because he wants to figure it out as the bullets are flying. It's the reason why he mm. wants the shotgun snaps really deep in the pocket. He wants the wider field vision, and he wants more space to run around. And he's just awesome at the the scrambling around thing. That's what he uses mobility for, to give his receivers extra time. And then you have the broken plays, back half of the defense all confused about, oh, should I pass him off? Should I pass him off? Because now the guys are breaking off their routes, whatever. And that's how you see some of these explosive plays, because he can just process so quickly. But this is my whole point with this. I think the Vikings might be a team where they have C.J. Stroud number one on their board. I think they might be a team that would prefer C.J. Stroud to Bryce Young because Kevin O'Connell's system, he wants you running his concepts. I don't think he wants the guy uh, freelancing quite as much, and he loves the accuracy and the mobility when when you're booting out whatever. We've seen C.J. Stroud, especially in the Georgia game, and he's playing the nastiest defense in college football last year. He was under duress constantly. He moved off of his spot, was making decisions with the bullet flying, the correct decisions putting balls on, on guys' hands as well. So I think he would be a perfect fit for the Vikings offense. And again, I think they might prefer him to Bryce Young, apples to apples. Mm. Football. Oh, this my is, God. This is, this is the reckless speculation I didn't know I needed today. Oh, no, this is, uh, I mean, again, there's the, the a very specific scenario would have to play out, and the Vikings would have to jump probably five other teams maybe looking to trade into that three slot. So there's all sorts of things. But, you know, we're, we're all about leaving no stone Unturned and speaking of stones, make sure your stones are smooth for this summer. Courtesy of our friends at Manscaped, Declan. Uh, the NFL draft is here, and the most exciting prospect of all is not CJ Stroud, it's not Bryce Young, it is the Lawnmower 4.0. Oh, yeah. And if you really want to rank them here, if you want to go the deep, you know, the deep threat option is the Lawnmower 4.0 because there, there's defense in the way. And it always clears the way, right? That's what the Lawnmower 4.0 does. But there's a number two pick in the draft. There's also a number two pick. It's the Beard Hedger. Because you don't want to look like Matt Patricia, right? No one wants to look or be Matt Patricia. You want to be a more smooth Sean McVay or maybe the nice baby face like Kevin O'Connell on that jawline. That happens with the Beard Hedger. All of this happens at the face or below the belt with our friends at Manscaped. And right now, Okay, right now, you can go to manscaped.com, save some salary cap space with promo code PURPLE. 20% off, free shipping. You save 20% off any product at manscaped.com. When you use promo code PURPLE, it helps us out here at Purple Daily. helps out Manscaped as well. So the number one pick in the draft is Manscaped, my friends. Go check it out. Promo code PURPLE at checkout. 
If you're looking to lose some weight, the number one draft pick is Livia, our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. It's not even close. There's no debate. There's no, like, what's the first place, the second place, the third place? Uh Uh-uh, we're talking about one place, Livia Weight Control Centers. It's a weight control center. That's right. It's not a diet. It's not Sports Dad here talking to you about a fad that's going to disappear tomorrow, and now you've lost the weight, and now it's back. Uh Uh-uh. You're going to lose the weight. It's as as simple as can be. Heck, I lost 40 pounds. But then here's the best part. You're going to keep the weight off because of their nutritionists, because of their dietitians, because of the help that you are going to get. And guess what? You can cruise into summer looking good and feeling good because you're going to get the first eight weeks for free. That's right. What a deal. You talk about a first-round pick. First eight weeks for free, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com is your ticket to a summer of looking and feeling great and keeping that weight off. All right, so I want a mock. we will get to our own mock simulation that we do every single week where Thor is the GM. We're going to do that here shortly, but you put an updated two-round mock-up on fantasypros.com, and uh, I'll just I'll just pick out a couple of highlights here. So you have, you have Bryce Young going number one. To Carolina, you've got Will Levis going number two to Houston. Um, I'll let Judd rip you for not doing trades in this mock. Oh, he you takes do issue trades? with anyone who doesn't do trades. Get out of here. I don't, I, I don't like trades and mocks. I don't like it. I'm oh, sorry. Boy. Yeah, no, I, I just don't believe in it because then it, it gets it gets too crazy. That's what I that's what I love about it. <laughs> I want it to be crazy. Judd has Judd is rendering mock drafts without trades to essentially he in fact uh Who's we did a mock. We did a mock draft on a bonus Purple Daily episode uh, from a Sharp Football Analysis. I'll just read this. There's a couple tentacles off this. It's the 6.0 mock from Ryan McChrystal, the fifth most accurate mock drafter over the past five seasons. Judd called him numb nuts for not doing trades in this mock draft. Yeah, he got lazy too. He got lazy, and and here's the thing, too. How do you know that you are the fifth? Like, are, are you surveying every single mock draft? It, it must be. There, there's a competition, which I – you have to I, – I just figured that you have to enter your own mock. So the last year was actually the first time that I – because you have to self-submit your own mock, and then, you know, there's like 80 guys in the industry or whatever. I, I, I've only done it one year, but I did get top 20 last year. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, here, here we go. A here top we go. 20 mocker. <laughs> wow. Okay, are they grading you off of the player and the slot or the team and the player? It's, there's a point system where it's like it, it's like battleship. You know, if you have a direct hit, it's like, you know, X amount of points. And then there's another one. If you're one slot off, it's X amount of points. And then another one is if you get the right team to the player, but it happens in a different slot as the yeah. one that you predicted, then that's X amount of points. That's what Phil okay. said. Yeah. That's what I thought, because you got to account for like, you know, I knew that the Lions were going to get Joey Porter Jr. I didn't know they were going to trade back three slots and and get him in that spot. So, exactly. okay, so Ryan McChrystal touting himself as the fifth most accurate mocker. Thor is coming for you. Top 20 the first year. I think we're going to see some movement up the rankings here. Uh, but you have, so just to go, kind of go through this here. So then you have uh, C.J. Stroud going to the Colts at four. You got Anthony Richardson to Vegas at seven. And you have the Vikings at 23 taking Jordan Addison, uh, the wide receiver from USC. So could you expound on that, sir? Yeah, so I mean, like the the scenario, like at the top there with, with Levis going to Houston, the the thing that we had sort of talked about. I I think Arizona at three at that they're trading that pick. But like I said, I just don't. I'm sorry, Judd. I now now that I know your feelings, I'm a little bit sheepish. But I I just don't believe in doing oh, the trade. 
in, in, in the mock. So, so I had, you know, Arizona taking Will Anderson who could go to Houston instead, you know, and then it'd be the, the Houston, you know, the scenario where they're trying to move up from 12 to, to get Levis, whatever. But yeah, if, if, if it goes down like this, then that's the one where, where Stroud's at, at four potentially, but we'll, we'll have to see about the trade with Arizona. And then as far as the Vikings staying in their slot at, at 23, the, the one of the four receivers in, in the class that was still there was Addison. I had uh, Quentin Johnson, the third one off the board, going one pick ahead of uh, the Vikings to Baltimore or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, a- Addison there for the Vikings. Addison, a guy, he's going to fall down a little bit just because his measurables aren't very good. He was only a 58 percent uh, percentile athlete at under six feet and 173 pounds. But he just has a great feel for it. He broke out a long time ago at Pitt. We've seen it, you know, he won the Politnikoff Award two years ago or whatever, dominated in the slot at Pitt, and then did pretty well on the outside at USC. Um, he can play both the slot and outside. He's proved the concept of that now. So he would be a guy that that would project to consistently beat the single coverage on the other side from Justin Jefferson that we need, not in the explosive element that we talked about before, for instance, with, with Quentin Johnson. And he's certainly not the electric mover that Zay Flowers is, but he is a better tactician and route runner than both those guys for sure. So that's that you could be getting reliability across from Jefferson. All right. Maybe I probably should have prepared you for this question. So it, maybe it's unfair, but um, you mentioned that Jordan Addison has, he's, he has a 58th percentile athletic score. You have him. So he's got a 5.83 Raz for those of you who live the Raz lifestyle, which is not, it's that's, it's not good. Like it's a lot lower than than Quentin Johnston. It's a lot lower than Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Zay Flowers, etc. Do you have any any comps of of wide receivers who are sort of maybe like in that fifty five to seventy ith percentile of athletic score? So they weren't they weren't great athletes. They weren't great measurables, but they did turn out to be really good at least number two wide receivers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like his bonanza comp, the, the bonanza comp I got him is, is Isaac Bruce. Um, I, I think like his, you know, that's, that's the hundred percent outcome, probably his uh, 90th percentile outcome with someone like uh, maybe Tyler Lockett or somebody like that. And then of course you go down the line of continuum and that's where you start to get a bunch of buzz. The, the, the hit rate is lower, of course, on receivers that are that size with that athletic profile, but it is definitely not unprecedented. Because And the guys that succeed, they're the ones who are just the fabulous route runners, you know, with the footwork, adjusting the pacing, different stuff like that. And Addison's just so crafty on the attack. Like, he he was a guy in this class where, like, he sets defenders up to fail the best. Like, he sort of plays the game through their perspective. He'll run a route early in the game, you know, and break it off, and he'll beat you out, like, across the middle, whatever. And then later in the game, he's going to run the exact same route, like, at the start of it give you the exact same look, same part of the field, whatever. He's going to break off the road at the exact same spot against the exact same defender where, where the guy's like, oh, I, I know what's coming. He's going to try to jump it. And then Addison will like pirouette around the other way. And now he's just absolutely free while the guy's flying the other way. He, he does stuff like that uh, consistently. And that helps explain his production profile, despite the fact that he doesn't have enormous measurables. And, you know, again, like the Bonanza guy, Isaac Bruce did that like a banshee back in the day. Eating better is easy with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 
to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save, and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 and use code purpledaily50 to get 50% off. That's code purpledaily50 at factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals. Thor, I feel like the, the key here, too, is not that F, athletic ability is not important, but I feel that we get too hung up on, on that sometimes. And what we don't do, going back to a guy like Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, is we don't do enough focusing on what you just talked about, which is ability to run routes, ability to to uh, basically be smart. And so I always get sort of stuck on that because to, to go back to, and yes, this guy ultimately was misused by the Vikings, but, you know, Cordell Patterson, right? Cordell Patterson, the Vikings traded back into the first round that night, I think, with the Patriots to take him based on the fact that he was an athletic freak. They never really thought about the fact that he couldn't run a route. And in in their mind, that became eventually, I think, with Norv Turner and Zimmer, a deal breaker. So I do think that there is a premium that should be put on a guy's ability to function immediately in an offense in ways that certain guys who might be really, really talented don't because of things like ability to run precise routes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the job, it's it's just to win, right? And and there's different ways to win as a receiver. And one of them, it's, it's the subterfuge thing. It, it's the running the precise routes, the footwork, throttling up and down your tempo, like just keeping the, the guy off of your pitches. Like, you know, we go to a different sport. Greg Maddox, he, he didn't have high-octane stuff or whatever. Like, it was just sort of altering all around this slop with precise placement of it, uh, the bonanza comp, for, you know, the, the bonanza outcome for Jordan Addison, that's the sort of receiver that he would be. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, give me, yeah, the Laqu- well, Laquan Treadwell, that was kind of an interesting one because I think was his, his, uh, his measurables in some ways were great, but in terms of like speed and separation, some of that stuff was foreshadowing and the Vikings just kind of ignored it. But so, Thor, you go check out the whole thing on FantasyPros.com, uh, Thor's two-round mock here. But, boys, it's time to do our own mock. mock draft simulation where we put Thor Nystrom in the driver's seat as the general manager, and uh, we are just basically his coffee-getting interns. So this is a PFF mock simulation. We are the Vikings. And I think we should just, I don't think we should do any pre-draft trade unless you guys want to vouch for a pre-draft trade here. Do you think the Vikings could actually make a trade in the next two weeks? Anyone want to vouch here? Uh, n- not that enormous one off the board. I think that would be one when, when they're on the clock, I would assume. I think like, that... like a Dalvin or a Zedarius, like those, pro- like in terms of getting more capital, those probably, I don't know. I think that would happen like during the draft weekend, I but I, I don't okay. see it beforehand. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. So let's, let's just leave it. So if we have a five round simulation here, we'll just leave it as is. And uh, let's do the, just for fun here, let's do the first two picks. And you can see this on the YouTube channel, the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Click subscribe and click uh, like if you could. So Bryce Young goes number one. Oh, there you go. Boom. This, oh, wow. Okay. This scenario just happened that Thor laid out. So Bryce Young goes number one, and Anthony Richardson goes number two. Oh, boy. Guys, I think we I, – I mean, we, we can't do that whole 15 minutes off the top Let's and not it. make an offer for the number we, three we gotta figure. we got to make an offer. Let's oh. do make an offer. Oh. Love this. Oh. Let, let, let's see what it's going to take. 
Bring okay, it on. So it's the three and the twenty-three. And eighty-seven. And eighty-seven. And I think it's going to take the next two first rounders outside of that. All right. Oh, we might be able to get something back here. Oh, actually. yeah, let's get let's get something back now. Could we get? Uh, do we want something back for this year's draft? Yeah, because it'll be more fun to mock. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get a, you want to see if they'll chuck in like the one hundred and five? Yeah, let's see. Okay, yeah. oh, it right. went down a little bit. Oh, good. Oh, try so, to get more. So Wait, we, <laughs> or, or maybe in twenty six in twenty twenty five, let's bump our first rounder down to a second rounder and see if that's still still valid for them. And no, it's no, no. They're saying twenty seven percent. You went too it's far. Gotta, go it's got to be. It. Yeah, we have to get them to kick. Some, so, Jeff, we'll okay, see if yeah. they'll swap the. Yep, so it's really year. we're hedging here. We're we're ba- we're basically asking them to do a pick swap of the eighty seven and the ninety six. Okay. It says eighty nine percent chance. So we'd be giving up. We'd be swapping the twenty three and the three, swapping I, the eighty seven and the ninety six, and giving up two future first round picks. I, I think we can take out the eighty seven and ninety six. They're still going to accept that thing. It looks like. We'll just give them the three first round. Yeah. Oh, let's, it says seventy nine. Should we kick? Let's kick in the one fifty eight. That bumps it to an eight, just to make it <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Let's see. Will the Cardinals accept? Oh my God! The Minnesota no, Vikings are on, on the, the clock, clock <laughs> with the number three overall pick. We did it, boys. Let's take C.J. Stroud. This is a run-the-card-up moment. Thor's like, let's take Peter Skaronsky, the tackle from Northwestern. No, Thor, no. Don't trip, Thor. Dijon Robinson. (laughs) We're running that card up. All right. All right, so we're taking uh, C.J. Stroud with the number three pick. There it is. I'm going to put this on turbo here. So, wow, that's amazing. It literally, and this is just totally random, you know. Um, we're, We're back on the clock here at 87. Is it random? But... For us to land in that same scenario, how do you feel now? We just did it, Thor. How do you feel, general manager? We did it. One small step for man, one giant leap for the Vikings. <laughs> Kirk Cousins on line two. Okay, here's okay. Well, here's what we can do. Kirk, oh my Kirk god, is not happy right now. Here's what we can do. All right, let's um, let's go to the trade window here because we'll have kind of a day to think on this now. We go to the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, let's put Kirk on the block here. All right. Yeah, let's see what we can get you, for Oh, you're doing you it. Sleazy. You're okay. doing it. You're doing it. This is great. I love this. So we can <laughs> ask for whatever we want. Let's ask for what if we ask for a first round pick in 2024? They're saying it won't be accepted. Mm. Second. Uh, okay. Yeah, what about good. a second next year? Yeah. And one of these third round picks this year. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like any right. number of these. Yeah, let's. Yeah, wow, they're it. saying okay. they're saying yep, it's likely it. to be accepted. Run, run, run the trade. <laughs> we 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 need we yeah. Oh wow, that one too. Speed let's dial. see that we, we want their third rounder next year too. Oh, Thor, you rascal! Oh, Yo, you're getting yeah. greedy. Okay, ah, now it's now it's unlikely. Forty percent? No, no, no. They're gonna they're gonna. We, now that's you went, having stayed up late and done a bunch of these. Forty percent means zero percent usually oh. <laughs> on the PFF. When are you mock. coming to bed? As soon as I'm done mocking. <laughs> All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go in the '99 and uh, and the second round pick for 2024 and a, and a next year. Uh, we'll, that, that'll be over quickly. <laughs> we need a little bit it's, more. Yeah, no, it says it says yes. It says yes. All right, we're going to offer this up. We'll take that. There it is, the oh Minnesota God, Vikings. They just traded Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins oh my God. You know what? This is typical score noir. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Such typical score noir crap. Oh, oh, people are going to be so man. upset with you guys. This is why I stopped watching. Who's that Thor guy? <laughs> <now>? <laughs> 
All right. So now we're okay. We're on the clock here, boys. Oh, We've got the 87, the 99, and the 119 here after our massive quarterback uh, trade. So yeah, th- this is huge. Let, let's check the wide receivers. We need to get uh, Stroud another oh, weapon dude. with JJ. I love it. All you right. So you are so in, in your zone right now. <laughs> At Perry. We got uh, Kayshawn. Uh, is it Boot from LSU? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, but he he's got a fork sticking out of his back. He was terrible last year. He stunk <laughs> in the pre-draft process. <laughs> Trey Palmer, Trey Palmer, straight burner. That kid ran one of the like he was four three two. I think uh, we don't want Perker Washington. Uh, he's just a slot guy. We don't want so, Cropper. At Perry on the other side is kind of interesting because he he's north south explosive and he's big and he has like a six eight wingspan. Okay. He's gonna go somewhere around here. He, he would be more of the sure thing on the outside. Uh, Jaden Reed, he's got some moves, too. Uh, some people like Jaden Reed. I have Perry higher on my board. Uh, I think he would be good across from J.J. He's a guy that you can just throw the ball up to. Okay. So I'll give you this. So keep, we'll see A.T. Perry in mind here real quick. I just want to show you all the other players in case there's someone that just slaps you in the face like, whoa, that guy's still available. Yeah, let's see. So I'll just scroll down for you here. I like Chandler Zavala as a prospect, but we don't need a guard. Yeah. No. So, I mean, A.T. Perry is one of the top, oh, like, six players. Man, Clark Phillips would be really interesting at this point in the draft, too. He's only a slot, but he's one of the stickiest corners in this class. And then you'd have to move Murphy out to, to the outside corner, but we know that he can do that. I actually, seeing uh, Clark Phillips on the board, I actually think now I'm going to lead towards Clark Phillips. There, wow, there's more okay. receivers. We, we can wait on that for a second. All right, there it is. Like Clark that. Phillips to the Vikings at 87. Let's see. A.T. A. Perry went the next pick, by the way. Yeah. So we're, we're back on the clock here at 99. Uh, I'll show you wide receivers again. Yeah. I think it's pretty similar list here. Yeah. So, I mean, Jaden Reed and Trey Palmer would both be draftable here. Uh, Palmer is just a straight uh, pop the top guy. He had a great season last year, but he had an elevated drop rate, but he was stranded on that, that awful Nebraska team. Mm. Perry was at LSU earlier in his career, and then he had transferred there. Um, if the if the drop rate comes down, he can consistently threaten deep. We have a couple big athletes uh, down there uh, th- that I just saw. Mingo uh, Mingo had an, a really interesting career, and he's an interesting receiver, and then he's 220 pounds, big outside receiver, and a good athletic profile. There's reasons to think that he might be a little bit underrated. The quarterback play at Ole Miss was terrible last year. And then Bryce Ford Wheaton, the guy right below him from West Virginia, is just an amazing athlete, like a thoroughbred of an athlete. But he's sort of like Donovan Peoples-Jones coming out a couple years ago from Michigan, where the athletic profile is ridiculous, but we didn't see it enough in college. I, I think here I would go probably um, it'd be between Reed, Palmer, and Mingo, and it just depends on if you want the bigger, stout, you know, outside a type receiver. Then you would take Mingo with with Reed. He's smaller, but he can play on the outside. And he was a, a college yeah. teammate at Jalen Naylor. Um, and then Palmer's just a straight pop the top guy. So I would I would say too as your advisor here uh, we do have the one nineteen which is twenty picks later I'm going to show you all the other players real quick here uh, is there a chance that one of those receivers you just mentioned is still there in twenty picks compared to like shot. some of these other guys that is there any other value here that you would yeah let, let's check out the interior defensive line uh, who's who's still there if asking Eco, you shall receive Eco was there is Eco off the board. Ika would be a good fit here. Uh, he must have just gone. That Broderick Martin's interesting too, like as the space, you know, the, the sort of the occupier guy inside. And then our boy, uh, Jared Clark from Coastal. But it looks like those guys are going to be available for a little bit. So we, we don't have to prioritize them. Um, l- let me see the, the running backs real quick. Oh, Thor. Just like in a, in a, because in this scenario, 
In this scenario now, you're you're shopping Delvin Cook assuredly. Yes. Tajay Spears would be just a fabulous value here, in my opinion. Um, so it depends on if you've traded Delvin, but like if you have, Tajay Spears would be a no-brainer and a really good compliment compliment for Madison. Judd, and then you traded, we, uh, you're the Delvin, you're the assistant general manager. Yeah, he's here. not coming we, back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so let's do what if we did like Tajay Spears let's do it. and a wide receiver. Okay. Look at this. Wow. All right. And then uh, we'll get back we on the clock here. We could even more future draft equity by trading Delvin then, too. We could. Yeah. I mean, that is – we could do this whole scenario again next week, too, with uh, with Delvin included. So I'll go back to wide receivers here. Yeah. So they're still – wow. So, dude, did all those guys just go? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Did I might have sabotaged us. Oh, Thor's in trouble. Trey Palmer, Jonathan Mingo. Oh, man, they all went. Jaden Reed, they all went. Well, okay. Go go down a little bit. Um, so Bryce Ford Wheaton would be in play just on the measurables alone here. Um, those other like I don't want Xavier Hutchinson. He's not athletic. He's just a slot guy. Manufactured touch by the line. Um, go go down just a little bit. Let me see the other couple ones there. Charlie Jones is super duper interesting, and I think he's underrated. He went ballistic at Purdue last year when he when he transferred over. He was at Iowa before then, so he just didn't get a shot to do anything. But in, in the NFL, he projects as a slot with the Vikings going to more twelve personnel. I don't know if he would be a fit. So maybe you would go, uh, you know, with, with where it fell. It wasn't the best, the, the way that it fell for us, but Bryce Ford Wheaton would be the, he'd be the the swing for the fence guy in, in terms of the athletic profile, but he might be a little bit of a reach in the slot. Okay. Um, we could, I mean, if you wanted to, we could just for fun, because I think we should finish this strong here. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, if there's other players here that you think, because in theory, we would we would carry this over. We're just doing a five round mock here. So, yeah. um, if there's other, I mean, Kobe Turner is sitting there. You want an interior defensive lineman? There's a couple here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of him. Uh, court. Well, I, I, it'd be interesting to know if the Vikings would would be interested in taking multiple guys in the defensive backfield. I think they might need it. Corey Trice is, is a guy that's moving up. He, you know, a teammate of Charlie Jones at Purdue, um, and he's a big, long outside corner. I mean, ostensibly, you might still need one, although I guess, they, you know, with Booth and Evans, you do have a couple bullets on that. I, I, I think I might go with one of the lower interior defensive linemen or um, that receiver that we were just talking about okay. in Ford Wheaton. Yeah, it let's do Ford Wheaton. Let's do it. Okay, Here we go, it. Dex. Need the chimes, and I'll click the draft button. There we go. It's All right, a stretch. It's a there bit it of is. a stretch. It, 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 ripped by Kuiper. <laughs> well, it, it might be, but like he, I think Bryce Ford Wheaton is going to go in the fourth no. round. So they're calling for your job, Thor. All right, they're grading our draft here. <laughs> we, just, we just got CJ Stroud. I mean, how can they? Oh, it's an overall oh, okay. A. It's an A. They're, they're calling you a genius. That's what I meant. <laughs> wow, Thor with an A here. So there it is, CJ Stroud in, Kirk Cousins out. And then you get the young cornerback, Clark Phillips, and you get some skill position guys with high upside. And uh, overall, it is an A. So, wow. Wow. Let's go, fam. Awesome stuff, Thor. You Thanks for joining us here, man. We this got TJ Stroud in the Vikings. If, if you got TJ Stroud, it's time to wave the flag. <laughs> you don't get the number three overall pick and not wave the flag. Not in this house, you don't. That has been Reckless Draft Speculation on this Tuesday with Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. You can follow him on Twitter at ThorKU. And don't forget, April 27th, 6 o'clock start time, 7 o'clock stream time. It's the Surly Park Tavern Draft Party. Purple Daily is going to be there. We're looking forward to meeting as many of you 
as possible. We've heard from a bunch of people coming in from out of state. So uh, there will be a roof over your heads, unlike the uh, sort of the hailstorm from last year, the freezing rain. And we are super pumped. So, yeah, awesome, man. Thor, thank you. We'll talk again next week, oh, that sir. Was so great, Thor. Always a good time, boys. We'll see mm. you next week. Daily Vikings Entertainment on Purple Daily.